iconic legacy, Batman. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know that's really dumb. That's a really dumb intro, but I kind of got tired of saying, hey, everybody, welcome to yada yada. So I figured we'd spice things up a little, kind of change it. See, just kind of throw things at the wall and see what sticks. So the reason I started with that really cheesy, bad intro, or not intro, just a sentence, is because I'm doing another Frosty Thoughts, and today's Frosty Thoughts is Batman. Um, not on anything specifically, just Batman the character. We're going to look at his movies. Now, just kind of for the sake of time, uh, a couple things I want to talk about are his movies, just live-action ones for the sake of time, and why he's such an iconic character. I can't think of many other characters in um, superhero media, let alone fiction, really, that have such an iconic role. I mean, the ones that come to mind are Spider-Man and Superman, but I can't really think of any other of any other characters that have had as many movies, as many uh, shows, or as many video games. It's crazy. There's so much Batman stuff in pop culture. And so I kind of thought, let's kind of start this off by talking about Batman through the ages. So let's go all the way back to 1943. Not a lot of people know this. Actually, most people will tell you that the beginning of Batman is in 1966, the really campy one with Adam West. I was a little shocked to find this out too. He actually had a movie in 1943. There's a reason you don't hear about it. It's bad. It's forgettable. Um, yeah, I think I was just scrolling on YouTube one day and it came up just the entire full movie. Yeah, you know when you can find a movie like that really easily that no one cares about that movie anymore. Yeah, so no one remembers it. Remembers it. What people do remember from Batman? 1966, Adam West, Burt Ward, Cesar Romero. That's the POW and Kazam and the very campy style. But so many people look back on that these days and go, oh, that's so cheesy, or oh, it's so dumb. Well, you have to realize, that's kind of what Batman was. People saw, hey, he's a guy in a bat costume that beats up clowns and people dressed as cats and penguins. I mean, how seriously are you really gonna take him? <laughs> and so they didn't. That's not to, sh to say it's bad. I actually just rewatched the movie recently. Um... And it's really fun. It's just campy fun. Of course, you're not going to get, like, the darkness and angst of kind of the newer stuff. But that's, like, where Batman kind of started. Like, that's where he really came into the public view. Um, and so, yeah, it was a 1966 TV show. And there was a movie released of it, too. I think that did fairly well. Um, but then that died out. And we actually didn't get a Batman any live-action Batman-related kind of live-action media for 23 years. And it's all thanks to a man that came back named Tim Burton. Um, Tim Burton is known for kind of a 
very creepy gothic style of things and he definitely brought that to batman see anytime a director takes on kind of batman movies after they haven't been around for a while or people have lost interest they have the, the really difficult task of taking on this huge franchise and turning it into something people will like and thankfully Tim Burton actually did that. In 1989, um, he made Batman. It was just called Batman. Michael Keaton was Batman. Jack Nicholson was the Joker. It was really good. People loved it. I even heard one time that um, people were so excited for it that they would pay to see other movies just so they could rewatch the trailer of it. Because this was back in when you couldn't just like rewatch a movie trailer on your phone. You would have to go and pay to see a movie to rewatch the trailer. And some people just watched the trailer and left. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, and it was successful. Successful enough that Tim Burton made it a sequel. 1992. Batman Returns, Michael Keaton stays on as lead as Batman, and we get Michelle Pfeiffer in the femme fidale sed seductress uh, Catwoman. She has like this really cool leather suit, has like a stitch pattern going all over it. And then Danny DeVito, who kind of, I know that he's become not a joke, but just kind of a great laughing point these days. He played the Penguin. And he actually did a really good job. I'm, one of the things I remember from that movie, I haven't seen it in a couple years, I think, is that I remember he did a really good job. He plays it creepy. And I will say, it's not as good as Batman, the one that came before this, also directed by Tim Burton, but it's still good. It still has its charm. I'd say it's more Tim Burton-y. Like, it has more of, like, gothic, dark, creepy, but with, like, a dark sense of humor to it, too. It has like all that charm and tone and go going for it. it. It works well with the Batman setting. Now, these these two Batman movies, the Batman movies starring Michael Keaton as Batman and directed by Tim Burton, they weren't the Dark Knight movies, and that's what people go into these thinking like, oh, it's gonna be as dark as the Dark Knight movies. You have to realize, Tim Burton had to pull this thing out from the water when it was still campy, when it was still Batman, like, kind of had his thing in the 60s. So he had to take something from the 60s and make it for the 90s audience. So if you watch these movies, you'll realize that there's kind of a lot of that. Not necessarily that these tones clash, but that he has to, like, make a compromise. Because a lot of people didn't see Batman as a serious thing. Plenty of people still don't. Um, but he, it was more so back then. And so, you watch these movies, and there are some campy parts. There's this one part, um, towards the ending of Batman with the Joker, where, uh, Batman's in kind of his plane, and he's kind of shooting at the Joker, and he pulls out this comically long gun and shoots it at the plane. And I remember kind of laughing a bit, because he was, Tim Burton was still trying to, like, some of that campiness, but he did make it darker, and I think kind of the, not that's a, not that it's great to keep going dark, but the darker that kind of the movies became, the more into the public eye they also got because people realized, hey, maybe a guy in a bat suit isn't the most ridiculous thing. 
So then we get kind of to, I know I was just building up, like, Batman's coming back into the public eye, uh, Batman movies are, like, really cool now. Unfortunately, I don't know, for reasons that I don't know, because I probably should have researched this more, Tim Burton stopped directing Batman movies, even though the next two Batman movies made were a direct continuation of his first two. And so we got, in 1990, or 1995, Joel Schumacher's Batman Forever. Now, this wasn't a bad film. It, it wasn't. It, it, but it wasn't a great film. It really kind of let people down. Uh, Val Kilmer was Batman now, and he, he did a pretty good job. Um, Nicole Kidman is in this as a therapist that is really for Batman. I always thought it wasn't... That was a weird part. Um, and Tommy Lee Jones plays Two-Face. First time we get to see that character in live action. Not the last. Um, and But the best part of this movie is Jim Carrey. Maybe that's just because I love Jim Carrey, but he eats up this role. We had seen a live action Riddler before, back in 1966, when Batman was really came. And not that the Riddler was overtly dark or anything, but he just made up the role. It was perfectly tailor-made for Jim Carrey. He's the best part of this movie. But it kind of started a descent. It got back into the campiness. But here's the thing. A campy movie isn't always a bad movie. If a campy movie can have charm, if it can still be wholesome, if, if it can still have things like that, then, hey, kudos to you. You made a good campy movie. But... The campiness in this kind of started to draw away from it. I almost wonder if Joel Schumacher thought, whoa, whoa, hey, calm it down, Tim. These movies are getting way too dark. Let's take it back to the 60s, but make it crap. And speaking of crap, 1997's Batman and Robin. I haven't seen every single Batman movie yet, but this is the worst one. I have ever seen. When a movie can make you laugh when you're completely by yourself and it's not an intentional comedy, you know that it's just one of those movies, man. And it, this really was. So Joel Schumacher directs it again. For some reason Val Kilmer didn't stay on, most likely because he saw the quality of it. But then we get George Clooney as Batman. He's not good. I will say he's a fine Bruce Wayne. Um, I was more convinced that he was Bruce Wayne than he was Batman. So kind of a good example of why George Clooney doesn't work as Batman is that if you watch, like, one of Batman's most iconic quotes is the, I'm Batman, is, is that thing. And that was introduced in 1989 when Michael Keaton's character um, had the... Like, he pulled up the crook, and the crook was like, Who are you? I'm Batman. Like, that, that was so cool. That really, like, cemented the character. And then even Val Kilmer did it in um, uh, Batman Forever. I think he had, like, more of a one of the clear Batman tones. I'm Batman. I, I, I haven't seen the movie in forever, and I can't do a good Val Kilmer impression. So, the I'm Batman quote in Batman and Robin is, Batman and Robin just burst into Mr. Freeze, who's played by Arnold Schwarzenegger, and we'll get to that in a moment. Um, kind of 
stealing a diamond, and he goes, Hi, Freeze. I'm Batman. So, because this is a podcast, I can't show you the video, but look up on YouTube, Hi, Freeze. I'm Batman. Because George Clooney's smiling as he's saying it, as, like, it's a formal greeting. Oh, hi, Freeze. I'm Batman. And then shakes his hand. (laughs) Um... Yeah, so let's talk about Arnold Schwarzenegger's Mr. Freeze. And I'm not going to review these movies. I just kind of want you to know, like, the context of what was happening. So, about... It's a four-to-one ratio of Mr. Freeze's lines being ice puns. There's a lot of, let's kick some ice. Or, um, what killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age! Look up Mr. Freeze puns. Because he, he also delivers them with a smile. A lot of smiling, happy-go-lucky people in this horrible movie. And then Uma Thurman uh, plays Poison Ivy. And it's bad. It's just so bad. There's a bad credit card. Did you know Batman had one of those? <laughs> I remember laughing. The exact quote is something, like, because they're betting on, like, one of those, like, weird things where it's, like, you bet to take someone on a date, and, uh, Poison Ivy is, like, using mind control on Batman and Robin, and Batman bets, and he goes, like, seven million, and and Robin goes, you can't, you don't have the money for that, and then he pulls out a credit card, and makes that cha-ching noise, and he goes, never leave the cave without it. And it says, like, back credit card on it. And I think if you look at the text, it says, expires never. (laughs) Uh, But let's get into the really sad part about Batman and Robin. The people didn't care. Looking back on it now, and knowing what Batman is, what Batman means to, to people these days, it's so me out to think that people didn't care because like I was saying this is only 31 years after the Adam West pow zap like campy style of Batman was a thing and so for a lot of people they never kind of moved past that the Tim Burton dark gothic era of Batman was so short lived that they didn't care and Batman died for a while this movie killed Batman um, not as long as the campy show did, but this just more purposefully did it. It was just bad. But then, we had, if you thought Tim Burton helped out Batman, then Chris Nolan is a, Christopher Nolan is a god compared to that. So, Christopher Nolan has, um, has just directed amazing movies. He's done Inception, Interstellar, Memento. He's done so many great ones. And then he, of course, his Dark Knight trilogy. 2005, he comes out with Batman Begins. Um, Christian Bale is Batman. Liam Neeson is Ra's al Ghul. And it's dark, and it's gritty, and it works well. I, I think people were initially, they didn't like the idea of a dark and gritty guy that's dressed like a bat. But Christopher Nolan is such a great director, and he clearly like, was able to communicate with 
his actors with his team on that. And so, with the, I'm kind of just gonna go all, all, I'm gonna go go over these all at once. With Batman Begins in 2005, Dark Knight in 2008, which won uh, the uh, the late Heath Ledger uh, Oscar Best Supporting Actor after he passed, um, and 2012 Dark Knight Rises. These movies not only made so much money, but I think to this day are the most critically and commercially successful Batman movies. And then it ended. It actually came to a very natural end. Like, even from like a storytelling perspective, Dark Knight Rises felt like the end. It felt good, really. It, it made sense. And so I think, I mean, I would have been fine I wasn't really too paying attention to Batman movies then, but I think if I was around then, I would have been fine with that being the end. Maybe that's because I know what comes next. So, Zack Snyder, who he's directed 300, he did the Watchmen adaptation, um, and both of those are movies I really like. I think of kind of 300 as more of a popcorn flick with, it does have some really good lines in it though. Um, Watchmen is really good and really underrated. And but then he directed Batman v Superman. So you know I said earlier that they kind of got better. The Batman movies got better the darker the director made them. That stops here. Zack Snyder goes for something so dark and so gritty that they never actually give any sustenance. I mean. We learn why Batman is dark and gritty. He, why? Because we learn that his parents were murdered. We learn that he's seen horrible and terrible things. And that's, and like, so he's just trying to exist and help out this horrible and terrible world. That's not really established in uh, Batman v Superman. Uh, came out in 2016. Uh, ben Affleck is Batman now. I mean,. I don't know. People, a lot of, I heard a lot of people say that they liked him better than Christian Bale. I mean, I'll agree he looks more like Bruce Wayne, but he's too kind of big to be Batman. I, 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 I don't know. I don't hate him as Batman. I don't love him as Batman. Kind of there's a happy middle, and he falls right into there. Um, and this movie's just bad <laughs> kind of if I can try and relay that information to you so the movie's called Batman v Superman because Batman wants to fight Superman because he thinks he's too powerful and whole complicated plot with Lex Luthor stealing Superman's mom and he says that he has to go fight Batman or else he'll kill his mom and so they fight and then Batman gets the upper edge he has a spear made out of kryptonite he's about to kill superman and superman goes save martha and then this starts a whole kind of triggers like a lot of flashbacks um unfortunately i was actually in the restroom because i went and saw this scene i went and saw this movie for my birthday this is kind of before i knew bad movies were a thing and i really just looked for inter entertainment value 
Um, so I missed this scene in theaters, which I was kind of bummed out about. I kind of think I would have laughed. I think my dad laughed at it, though. Um, and so he starts getting flashbacks because, get this, here's the big plot twist of the movie. Batman's mom is also named Martha. And then Batman starts yelling, why did you say that name? And then Superman explains that it's his mother's name and that Lex Luthor has his mom. And then they stop fighting. Uh, and there was so much buildup of why he hates Superman. And it wasn't because his mom had a different name. I tried to explain that to my friend once on how things she believed me at first. <laughs> that they stopped fighting. They The title card stopped. <laughs> because their moms had a very common name. So then it kept going downhill with 2017's Justice League. Batman became less of a focus on that one. And honestly, Batman has kind of been dead in the water since then. We do have a 2021 release of a movie called The Batman, starring uh, Robert uh, Pattinson of Twilight Infamy. And it, it, it sounds good. It sounds like they're going to go for a more mundane take than Zack Snyder did, so hopefully that's good. Jonah Hill was actually cast originally for that. Um, and I could easily see him playing Penguin, but uh, he kind of dipped out of that, so something of a bummer. Um, on to less sad things. <laughs> now let's talk about why is Batman so popular? Why has he been a successful superhero ever since 1943? Like, why is uh, there's like why is he like the icon of pop culture? that he is there is you kind of have to break down his character and his motivation i mean fundamentally what is batman who is he batman is just a guy he's not an alien from another planet he wasn't bitten by anything that gave him powers he doesn't have anything that gives him powers he's a guy he's a human pure and simple no abilities nothing supernatural just a person and not only does is that good because it establishes reality but you also have to look at another really important part of batman i i compare batman to james bond to, to james bond a lot because it's kind of like a trope for those movies yeah there's gonna be some cool batman action but i think the main draw of those movies is actually the villains those two characters have quite the rogues gallery and I think that's one of the draws of Batman is not only, oh, it's going to be a new villain kind of every time, um, but it's kind of about what the villain represents. Let's take a look at some of Batman's kind of iconic villains. Let's, um, so there's Joker, Riddler, Scarecrow, and Bane. And there are more than that. I'm not listing all of them, but these are just kind of some of his main ones. So Bane is kind of his thing is physical strength he is a physical opponent to batman and to beat him batman has to physically overcome him overcome this obstacle with scarecrow 
it's fear. Batman has to mentally overcome his own fears to defeat Scarecrow. With Riddler, it's intelligence. Batman has to kind of raise his psyche, raise his intelligence enough to be able to beat someone on kind of this intellect level. And then the reason Joker's kind of his main antagonist is because he stands for everything that Batman doesn't. He goes against everything that Batman stands for. Um, he stands for disarray, chaos, anarchy, and so kind of spirit. He challenges Batman to himself, really, because he kind of shows Batman that without rules, he can have like a bigger effect, and so that's part of it. And part of the reasons he has so many villains is because we as a people love the underdog. We're always rooting for him. That's why we like Rocky. Uh, that's why we like Star Wars. It's because these characters always start out from having nothing, and then we see them accomplish great things. It's because they're the underdog. And so, and because Batman is always the underdog, we're always going to root for him, and we're always going to cheer when he's able to kind of beat him. And the thing is, he's not a perfect kind of schoolboy. He's not Superman. He has flaws. But his flaws add to his character and his conflict. And it kind of... His morality is kind of the drive and appeal because let's kind of bring Superman back into this. Let's say Superman is fighting Joker. Well, that's no match. It's going to be one punch, Joker's out, maybe even dead. But Joker versus Batman, and then you have a battle. See, Batman cannot beat Joker so easily because they are both fundamentally human. It's about who can outwit and who can outmatch each other. And that's way more appealing than most superhero movies. Most superhero movies actually are just, they fight another version of themselves. So I think that's why Batman's so appealing. He's human, he's relatable, um, he's always the underdog, and through his huge cast of rogues gallery, we're able to kind of see him overcome things that maybe we have to overcome in our own lives. So maybe you may or may not have been thinking this, I don't know what kind of the consistency of my podcast is yet, but you might be thinking, why am I talking about Batman? Like I said, there hasn't been a Batman movie since, well, a live-action one since 2017, and then there's not going to be another one until 2021 at the earliest. Well, the other day, I had this great idea. I have never seen someone go and review every single Batman movie. So, the reason I wanted to establish kind of Batman as timeline is because starting with my next episode, I'll be starting Project Batmanathon, where in chronological order, from 1966 to 2019, I think it is, I will be looking at every single Batman movie. Now, by every single Batman movie, I don't mean ones like Batman v Superman or kind of a lot of the animated ones. I mean ones where he's it's solely a Batman movie. Not that there can't be other heroes in it, but where he's the main character and he's the main focus. 
So I hope you guys look forward to that. I'm looking forward to that. Um, so yeah. Um, hey, so subscribe so that you know when Batmanathon will start. And as always, um, please share this with your friends and family, anyone who you think would be interested in it. Um, and hope you enjoyed the episode. Thanks. Thank you.